Hello and welcome to Random or Nintendo number 26. I am Jason, your host for this fine evening or morning or afternoon or really whenever you're listening to this. And besides me, I have two wonderful co-hosts who are virtually seeing nearby. We have Kevin celebrating the win of the New York Jets. That has occurred moments before he recorded tonight. Jets, baby. And... <laughs> And we have, and I have a lot of questions for you about why the Jets, but, and we have Angel who has returned from the woods. Um, Angel, where, what happened? Where, what, where, where'd you go? I got lost in the woods. Then I found my way out. I was lost and then I was no, found. No, no encounters. Pretty dry. Oh. I was lost oh. and then I was found. That's how the song goes, right? Sounds like someone, sounds like someone found God. <laughs> Wait, is, is that what I was referencing? <laughs> What I reference? I mean, it's a Jesus thing, isn't it? Like, uh, I, yeah. I was lost and now I'm found. Huh. <laughs> well, yeah, by the by the Church of Nintendo again because I had lost my way at some point. I didn't realize you found your way back to Nintendo. Are you? Did you buy Zelda finally? Did you buy Pikmin finally? What What brings you back into the? Was it Mario Wonder that brought you back in the fold? I guess it was Mario Wonder. No, that's a lie. They still haven't even purchased either of those games. But I, I guess it was Charles Martinet. I think it was just seeing how hmm. genuinely happy he seems about the situation. But I still, the back of my head is still kind of like, like, I don't know. It's we know he loves to do conventions. We know he loves his fans. He gives everyone the time of day, no matter how long the line is. He's an amazing person. But, and then but he kind of did that, you know, for fun. But now it's his job. And I wonder how long that's going to last before he ends up not liking well, it. Well, to, I hope to, to, or, you know, I could be completely that, wrong. That just never happens. Hopefully. Because to, to back that up a split second, he does get paid for his appearances. And he does a lot of conventions. Oh, no, yeah, of course. So I think it's also his job. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's be real. Yeah, like, but now it's all for, say, he does, I guess. Yeah, but it's been pretty much all he's done for the last few years because, I mean, ex how long do you think it took him to record his three lines in the Mario movie or his six zingers in the last – what what was the last – Mario Strikers maybe that was the last one? Wait, you didn't know that yeah, know. literally every Mario recording session lasts like a couple of weeks. Do you know how many – That's insane. Do you know how many wahoos he has to do over and over and over and over again? Mamma mia. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's that's – yeah. Or Wowie Zowie, as Mario now says. I mean, yeah, I mean, actually, I have no idea. But you know, not so short. Just wish him the best. Wish him. Hope we get to run into him sometime. I kind of need to buy a new slip. Well, I guess I could just get another copy of Mario Galaxy Two and use that slip cover over mine because my current one says Nigel's Super Mario Galaxy. That's that's a that that story. Have we ever told that story? We definitely the have. There's no way we haven't. Okay. okay. At the very least, when it was random Nintendo, pff, I don't know, five, six years ago. I mean, well, I think we might have told it at the tenth anniversary. Whenever, show, probably whenever we recorded it, because yeah. I mean, that was the time that we got him to say an intro for the show, I believe. Indeed, indeed, and uh, Angel, you would have no, uh, heard a lot of this if you were uh, weren't finding God in the woods, because <laughs> Kevin and I had our thoughts about this last episode, but. Um, but yes, it is nice to see that, you know, he seems chipper about it. Um, but Kevin, we, I, let's circle back for a second. The Jets. Why Jets? You don't live in New York. Correct. I You're think. not sure if you live in New uh, York? No. So basically, when I was younger, 
well, uh, to put it in perspective, my dad is a uh, hardcore New York Yankees fan. And so being a New York Yankees fan, I sort of gravitated just towards the uh, the New York teams. Mm-hmm. And so I just gravitated to pretty much just like I I just randomly chose like what what New York teams I wanted to uh to be a fan of. Okay. And so okay. it was the Jets for New, for uh, NFL and it was uh the Islanders for hockey. Don't really care enough about um about basketball. That I, I do not care for that sport. And back then, I I don't even think the MLS was was a thing back when uh, I decided to choose all the <laughs> all the New York teams. So yeah, that's pretty much the only reason why. I mean, that's as good a reason as any, I guess. A- Angel, you're a big fan of, um, and by what I mean by big fan of is the one team you ever evoke is the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah the the Animal Crossing people, right? I what does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean the Animal Crossing people? Like, are the players all villagers from Animal Crossing? Is that what you're implying? Yeah, they that's that's oh. how they introduced themselves some season, many seasons ago. Whenever that happened. Oh, okay. Now I understand. In one of the roster or one of the schedule release videos. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they used Animal Crossing, and they became my team. So unless there was another team intro thing that used some property that I like. The Lions. There was a Pokemon one. I forgot who it was. Um, send it to me, season. and I'll see if it ends up being my new favorite if team. I can find it. Yeah. All right. All right. I don't think I have favorite teams. Um, the Beavers. I was at an Islanders game actually. The Beavers. They have orange. They have orange. Sport. Uh, what? Yeah, the Beavers. What? What sport are Football. you even talking about? Do you mean the? Buffalo Bills? The Beavers. Just lost to the Jets. <laughs> the Beavers. I suck at Bills fans. <laughs> Wait, who are the Beavers? Is it Major League or Minor League? Let's start You honestly think uh, that he's going to know? They, I, 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 I'm just curious where this is they going. They were playing that one time that we went to that friend's house when we were watch, watching NASCAR or some kind of racing, and you made a bet with my brother that that team would win or my brother bet like 20 bucks or something and he lost okay so um i don't remember what team it was the one with the beaver and they had the... orange jerseys is this a real thing am i about google orange jersey beavers and hope the results are appropriate uh orange jersey this is some riveting this is the type of podcast you get when i start hosting again uh orange jersey beavers they are a real team. Oregon State. Yeah. And they lost Oregon State. that one game. Which means I won because I had the bet. I, I, I won $20 in that bet of a team I don't even know. I mean, like, I'm going to forget an orange jersey team named the Beavers. Come on. Yeah, I'm sorry I doubted you. But you definitely switched from major league to college, so. Yeah, <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> I mean, I guess to Kevin's point, would you know the difference? I really didn't. <laughs> but, at, yeah. But sports aside, what's going on with you guys? What's new? I feel like um, I feel like, I feel like it's been two weeks since we last talked. Because it really was. Yeah, I feel like it's been two weeks. Yeah, four weeks for for Angel Finding God, but two weeks for the rest of us. No, I um, talked to Kevin a couple of days ago, and I definitely talked to you. But on the podcast, on the podcast, I was there in a spirit. I mean, I just saw you two days ago, Angel, but that doesn't count in this conversation. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say to set up the how are you doing. We're in an interesting little like spot here because we are right at the cusp 
of a lot of events with a lot of news with a lot of things. No matter what you're into, there's probably an Intel Direct any day now. There's definitely an Apple event tomorrow morning as of this recording. There's Google events, Microsoft events, AI events, car shows, uh, Disney announcements. Like there's just like a stack of stuff over the next like six, eight weeks. So this is kind of the calm before the storm. So again, the question becomes, how are you guys doing in this calm before the storm? I mean, pretty great. Procreate just announced recently Procreate Dreams, which if you follow me on things, Procreate is like my preferred yeah, drawing app for drawing on iPad. It's just a really well done app. Um, no, use it for everything. It's what I use like, to make my stickers and stuff. But basically, they decided to make their own fully fledged animation software it's still yet to be determined exactly what the specifications and all that fun stuff is but if it's procreate and if it's just a basically a more fully fleshed out version of the basic animation they allow in their current app which i used to make some gifs um then i can only imagine it's going to be really great but i think the best part is that this company despite you know a lot of software companies going the subscription route it's still going to be just 20 bucks. It's still, you know, no subscription, just a one-time payment. And they promise that just like... Pro- two, do you mean 20 or 200? 20. Why did I read 200 somewhere about this? Maybe 20 and then they yeah, put two little zeros. But um, yeah, and if it's anything like Procreate, which they say it will be, um, you know, any future updates, blah, 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 they're all going to be free. I mean, Procreate has gotten so many updates and quality of life changes and just additional features since I've started using it like five, six years ago. And yeah, they've been very substantial and all free. So I never have any qualms supporting them or using this stuff because, I mean, I've used those. I've had a $2,000 like Cintiq tablet many moons ago. I don't have that anymore. Like, you know, the industry standard for animation and drawing or whatever that I had hooked up to my computer. And it was great. But, yeah, the iPad, it's it's the same, if not better. Like, you know, drawing on it, it's no different. So the fact that I could take this anywhere, use it as a second monitor, and basically use it like a Cintiq. But now I can use it for animation, too. Well, animation, the way Procreate does it. There are some other animation apps I've played with in the past that have just been okay. Or just get the job done. But, you know, I just haven't been really excited about just software in a while. But, that's yeah, pretty cool. That's, that's how I've been. That's can't can't wait to mm-hmm. open that up for future projects and whatever. Maybe, I mean, I'm, and this is a big maybe, but, you know, like maybe I'll even use it for something random Nintendo related. But we'll see where that goes because things have been changing. So, yeah. Times they are a change. And how about you, Kevin? What about me? Do do you have soft? Well, what about you? How are you doing? Do you have software you're eagerly anticipating or less eagerly anticipating? Software? Spider Man Two, I guess. <laughs> I'm just asking how you're doing. I was piggybacking off what he was talking about. Oh, gotcha. How, how's it? How's life for Kevin? Uh, is you know what? It's been going great. The Jets won. And, oh, you don't uh, say. Yeah, huh. I, you haven't heard around town? <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah. And I love how for most people listening to this, it'll be such outdated news by then, too, that they're hearing this. Oh, the Monday night football game when I'm listening to it on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's, I don't know. Life's been, life's been life. It is what it is. 
That's fair. Life is life. That life is life. Is but we've life. all been consuming things in life, right? Like we've all been consuming content. We've all been consuming games and game news. So should we should we jump down into our list here and start talking about some stuff? Capitalists. Yes. Oh no, consumerism. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and capitalism because you know that's what fuels the consumerism. Um. But yeah, so you know, we usually seem to save Nintendo for the end on these somehow, not intentionally, it just always seems to happen. Let's start with Nintendo, because Nintendo gave us a bit of a one-two punch um, couple weeks over the last couple weeks, because we had a Super Mario Wonder Direct in about 15 minutes of new information, and a Nintendo Live um, convention, I guess you could say, that was attached to PAX West up in, uh, up in Seattle over Labor Day weekend. Um, either of you guys... Watch anything from either? Pay attention to either? No, it's sir. Fine if it's not, uh, did you? Did you, Angel? Nothing from live, and I honestly just randomly caught the Mario Wonder. I had no idea it was announced or scheduled. It just stumbled upon it on YouTube. I'm not even subscribed to Nintendo on YouTube. What? Sorry, that was really loud. I probably blew out someone's headphones. What? Really? I have no reason to. <laughs> Neither am I, really. Um, what? Good thing we're randomer Nintendo now. I mean, I used that, to be, but be problem. <laughs> the way I see it, um, the news will find its way to me, and you know, half the time, if nothing else through me. Yeah, yeah, if nothing else, I tell you. Yeah, and for the most part, especially now, because I love, you know, I love to keep the magic as hidden as much as possible. I did watch this one, obviously, so a lot of the magic was already lost. But so, what were you? Okay, so with, with that in mind. The magic was lost, but what did you think of the magic that's no longer magical? Like, what did you think of what you saw? I wish I hadn't seen it. That's what it made me think. <laughs> but did, but does it okay? But but of no, what know, you saw that you wish you didn't see? Did you not see it because it looked cool, or, or or are you sad? You let me rephrase that. Are you sad that you saw what you saw and didn't want to see it because you want to be surprised by how cool it looked, or was it like is it exceeding your expectations? Is it kind of what you expected from the game? Like, where's your head at? I don't know. It's weird. It's a little bit of everything. Some things like, you know, Bowser becoming a castle, I kind of wish was left as a surprise. You know, that's obviously going to be up here, happen at the beginning in, of the game. In the, in the first, yep, yeah. yep. But, you know, because it's just so out of the, well, I guess it's not that out of left field. It's because it's just random or weird or different. You know, at this point, I, I, I'll take anything. Like, I, I just like, it, it just seems like something that would have been a nice surprise to just, I don't know, I like the thought of just booting up the game for the first time and just going like, well, I mean, no pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. Like, I wonder where this game will go or where they will take certain things. Hey, I see you like, it feels so novel, yeah. but yeah. like to see, you know, the trade, I mean, just to say, like, boot up the game and just see Bowser turn into a castle, like just sounds like, ooh, like, you know, just really cool versus, you know, now I know it's a castle. They told us what a lot of the flowers do, the wonder flowers. I'm sure well, there's more. Mm, I'm sure there's. They they did and they did way too much. Big surprise there. Shocker. Well, so apparently, and see, even if they didn't show I a actually, lot, I feel like I saw more than I, it goes back to the thing. Like, and obviously, this is very subjective, um, person to person. But it's like I, you know, I was sold on the Mario Wonder game. Just by title alone. Just because, you know, we've developed this trust with Nintendo and their quality of their 2D Mario games. They need to tell me they they announced something called Mario Wonder or that initial teaser and then that's it. That's like all I need. Like, why, why see more? 
I'm already sold. Everything else is just like adding more sugar to a sweet treat. Right. And too right. much sugar will eventually ruin it. Which is kind of what happened to the wonder of Mario Kart 8 back in the day. Like, they literally spoiled everything. <laughs> Remember when they walked us through every everything. single menu about two weeks yeah, before it like, came out? And it was like to the degree of like and then if you press the a button on this screen it will confirm your choice it's like you really don't need to yeah tell people that like, like you, people know a means proceed they got I it i think that was honestly yeah. like the start of this kind of like slow degradation of my uh i guess hype cycle appreciation or it's just like sure like i think that was like the beginning of the year when nintendo started doing stuff like that or, you know, I think Pikmin 3 also had a very long, very yeah. vocal, like, oh, my God. Like, by the time the, well, it, by it, the time the game came out, like, it felt like there was really not much to get excited over except just the the great quality of the game itself. Like, I didn't really feel like I was ever really surprised. If anything, because we knew what a lot of the bosses were, which were going to be the majority, and... Because we saw, like, you know, they even tease, like, oh, and what's this that you might fight later? And then, they, you know, they don't tell you more. But it's like, oh, that thing looks like the water race, but golden. And then you play the game. They don't really tell you that much more about it. It's the water race, but golden. It's a mystery. What did it, where did it come from? It's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Like, yeah. It, well, it's interesting because, like, before again to wonder itself. Like, if you think about how Nintendo overdid it back then... And then you look at, like, kind of how they did um, Tears of the Kingdom, where they left a lot to, like, the last couple weeks before it came out. Even then, yeah, you learned his abilities and stuff, but, like, you didn't know too much about, like, the cave system or anything like that. Like, they kept a lot under yeah, that was, Zelda. Yeah, that was really impressive. Um, but, yeah, no, but it's interesting because, like, if you think about what they were doing at that time, like, with Pikmin and Mario Kart 8, they were still kind of perfecting or honing in on what is the right, like, digital presentation approach like nintendo direct was only a year or two old at that point these were the first like dedicated game live uh like live streams quote unquote um that nintendo did uh so they were definitely kind of like feeling it out and trying to find their footing and what i think is kind of interesting is they got better at it for sure because like mario wonder they're not revealing everything i mean one of the things they said is every level has a wonder seed that does a wonder thing and they're all apparently unique in some way. So we've seen the same four, five, six over and over in the press previews, in the demo at Nintendo Live, in the in the Treehouse Live, in the uh, Direct itself. But there's a lot that we haven't seen. Tears of the Kingdom was the same way, like I was saying. Pikmin 4, they put out a demo and explained basically what happened in the demo and mentioned a few new Pikmin and then kind of just sent you off and didn't go too deep with it. So they kind of figured that out, it seems, now. But... What's interesting is because we don't have an E3 anymore, we don't have like a traditional cycle of like how they give games attention to the public. I feel like the way they were like trying to sort of feel their way through how to handle sharing game news in 2012 with presentations, they're now kind of doing the same thing with figuring out, well, how do we host an event? What do we do for an event? What do we like, how do we get this in people's hands? Do we get this in people's hands? Does it need to be in people's hands? Like, you know, because you look at, like, Nintendo Live or something like that, um, or, yeah, just Nintendo Live, it was a really interesting thought experiment of just, like, or it can be viewed as a very interesting thought experiment of just, like, what if it was E3, but there was only one game Nintendo announced? Because that's essentially what Nintendo Live was. They did the whole full-court press for Super Mario Wonder. They had developer interviews. They had a direct the day before the thing kicked off. They had the game on, on display for you to play and demo, and they had a huge 
area for it. They had a photo op for it. They had the developers on the show floor. They had, um, you know, like press previews, pre-written, ready to go with hands-on. They had the Treehouse Live for 20 minutes or so. Like, they had everything they would do for E3, but it was the only game. Everything else at Nintendo Live was already released. So it's just kind of interesting that now they're trying to almost figure out, well, how do we do... In the same way before, like, well, how we do the digital thing. It's almost like now in reverse, like, well, we have the digital thing on lock. How we do the analog thing? How do we, like, get it out to people? Because even um, stuff like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this report, that uh, the Switch 2, quote-unquote, uh, was shown behind closed doors to developers at Gamescom. Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, all of them were like, we don't need E3. We don't need a centralized event. We're going to do our own thing. We'll go at our own speed. But then... Lo and behold, they're still using a centralized event and Gamescom is kind of like a crutch to be able to interact with other companies, which is what Trade Show is for. So it, it still feels like they're kind of feeling their way with a lot of stuff, but it is interesting to, to your point, Angel, about like they used to overshare. It's kind of like the opposite side of the same coin as what happened then, just now in the other direction. Like how do they put it out in front of people and is it too much? Is it enough? Is it Do we need all the press previews and Trials Live? Do we not? Like it's, it's, it's just like the reverse course for the same question which is kind of interesting to me anyway i believe that yeah um but that's it about mario wonder um yeah i'm actually very excited overall very excited but for, yeah you know it's it's like i yeah no i, I, get I mean obviously mean. compared yeah, to yeah. pikmin and zelda just because you know zelda i'll you know i, I will play it eventually it, it's just any big game right now, like I, I just realistically can't really do, and I really want to give it, you know, the proper time. I don't want to like play it an hour here, a couple weeks pass, and then play another hour there. I want to wait until like the next break, or something like that, or yeah, there's something like that. And then Pikmin, right, it's, a, it's more of a sit down and explore. Yeah, I want like to be able to play for like hours yeah. on end without worrying about lots of stuff. And those times will come, and then that'll be when I play Tears of the Kingdom. And then, obviously, Pikmin, you know, I feel shafted for the the lack of co-op, so that waits, because it now became in the same boat, where now I need to wait for single-player campaign. Because I'm deprioritizing, like, single-player campaigns. Like, Mario Wonder, I'm playing with my brother, so, you know, obviously get priority. Have you guys picked your characters? Of the eight you can play as, have you decided who you're going to be? Probably just Mario and Luigi. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I wish they didn't. Actually, I don't know. They're like, the same. Make so Yoshi the maybe. beginner character. Well, they don't quite play the same. So Yoshi. And well, Mavic, I mean, they all play um, the same except for those two. Yeah, they're like the beginner characters, uh, which kind of sucks for Yoshi. But it is interesting to your point about playing the same. One of the things I'm intrigued to see how they do it for Wonder and Kevin. I don't know if you you haven't even paid attention to Wonder, but I don't know if you heard about this. Basically, you can. It also has like a Paper Mario badge system of sorts, where like you can. Um, unlock with in-game currency different badges that give you different abilities and assign a single badge going into a level for your character. So if you want everyone, you know, if you want a Flutter Jump, you don't have to pick Luigi. You can still pick Peach, but or not Flutter Jump, sorry. Um, his little leg kick, Flutter Jump is Yoshi. Uh, you know, if you want something like that, or you want Peach's Hover Jump, or whatever, you can use a badge now to give that to any of the characters. And like, you know, they make it make sense to a character. Like Peach's Hover Jump is now a hat that they can hold above their head and it inflates. Like that sort of thing. But, um... It's interesting because usually the you know the game was very crafted around Mario's abilities. The levels are very specific to Mario's abilities. You're like maybe if you do something with Peach, you can get secret or like something. But it's very like you pick your character. The levels are shaped around that character. Now it's kind of like 
they have to build these levels to support all these different badges with all these different abilities and still have it like feel honed in for that specific skill i guess uh and i guess they're doing things called badge challenges where um you can actually do certain mini levels for a badge and the levels get progressively harder or not for a badge but with a badge and they get progressively harder so you still get those like specific honed in platforming challenges for that specific skill but uh yeah i don't know it's just kind of an interesting system because they're sort of separating what characters can do with what you as the player can do for the first time that I could recall in a mainline Mario game. Um, and there's a little Mario Maker influence in there too because there's like some wacky ones. Like you can be invisible. You can mess with physics. You can like... Like it feels like they kind of plucked some ideas out of Mario Maker that resonated like kind of the silliness factor and shoved it into wonder as well. So I, I'll be curious to see like just how, how much variety those badges have because it is it is an interesting idea. Um like I said, I think it does kind of reshape how you think about level design because it used to be, you know, you need to be Elephant Mario to do this specific thing. But now it's like, well, if you have these badges, it allows to support all those badges to some degree. So we'll see what that shakes out to be. But, um, yeah, I, I I think my biggest thing with Mario Wonder that I want to touch on is um, I – it's weird. I So I watched the presentation bright and early when it happened. And I kind of came away from it being like, oh, okay. Like, I wasn't as hyped as I thought I would be coming out of it. But it was then that full-court press Nintendo did that started to get me more excited about it. Cause, and this, again, is Nintendo probably figuring out how much do they say in a direct for folks like you, Angel, who don't want too much. How much do they share in other, like, capacities? But, like, coming out of it, I was just like, oh, this isn't quite as weird and wacky as I thought it might be. Like, it looks pretty relatively standard minus you know some shenanigans each level with the wonder flower and the badges and stuff like that but then i started reading interviews and then i started hearing things like every level has some shenanigans isn't like thing. that the whole and, game well so the game basically is every single level there's a shenanigan you can trigger with the wonder flower or you can skip the shenanigan and just play it like a normal level and the shenanigans per flower vary per level each level is going to be unique so yeah, I guess the shenanigans is the whole thing. But like watching the footage and showing the seeing them show the same five, six, seven wonder abilities over and over, I was just kind of like, this doesn't seem as crazy as I thought it would be. Like it's kind of tame. But then I started reading the interviews, and that's where it got interesting because apparently, among other things, this game had no deadline for development, which I think is probably a luxury of the fact that the Switch is doing as well as it. Like because Nintendo did so well at the Switch early on and pumping out their IPs and getting all the big properties on there and getting a bunch of evergreens going, they now have the luxury to say, you know what, take as much time as you need to come up with whatever you need to make the best 2D Mario game we can make. Come up with what you need, work on the physics as you need to make the best Zelda experience with Tears of the Kingdom. Like, they have a luxury that then self-perpetuates sales because now these games can be, you know, in theory, the best entries in their respective franchises and thus become late cycle system sellers themselves so like for nintendo it works out but hearing that there is no like deadline like developers just experiment and then hearing that developers were specifically told they cannot use any idea from any other mario game in the initial experimentation and then reading that uh, apparently they asked everyone working on the game in any capacity to just start submitting ideas basically to a hat and then they started trying to like prototype all the different ideas until they found the most interesting level designs and wonder flower abilities like that got me kind of more excited than anything they showed because I think Nintendo is actually holding the wonderment of it all pretty close to their chest here and I think 
I think, I hope that as the game, as you progress through it, this stuff's going to get more and more crazy just based on everything they've been saying and just based on, like, the, the vibe I got from it was very Super Mario World, Super Mario Land 2. Like, if you think about Mario 1, 2, 3 before Mario World and then the jump to Mario World, you went from a pretty decent progression there. Mario 2 is a little weird, sure. But then Mario World's like, surprise, toy new art style, toy new world map. We're going to throw enemies at you that you only see once. We're going to throw levels ideas at you that you only see once. We're going to have this after game thing where like suddenly they're like pumpkin heads walking around. Like it's just like they just did whatever they wanted and they didn't care. And we're so used to it because we played Mario World a million times. But like I think back to when I was playing Mario Land 2 for the first time. I talked about it here, I don't know, six months ago. And the sheer amount of like, what is this? This is crazy. Like what's happening? Like I'm kind of, that's the vibe I'm picking up on from Wonder. And I think they're just playing the cards close to the chest. But I think that's ultimately what it's going to be is that same vibe of just like, what? what? Like in a Mario game? What? This is so weird. Like that's what I'm hoping happens. So I'm very excited for that. And even if it doesn't do that, at the end of the day, it still just looks like a very good Mario platformer with a, you know, with some original ideas like the badge system and whatnot. So it's not going to be bad under any circumstance. But definitely I went on a little mini hype roller coaster where I think the teaser, I was at peak hype. The director is actually kind of tampered a little. But then... um hearing more about the process and the developers or freedom got me back in the saddle of being super hyped for it so yeah looking forward to that um kevin do you play much of the 2d mario games i don't remember yeah i've I've played every mario game okay yeah so what's your favorite of the bunch uh super mario we've been over this super mario world no, no, no. I sorry. I meant of the, the new. Sorry, Jesus. I should specify the new Super Mario Brothers series. Of the which I'm sorry. No, I meant the the new, like the newer ones, like the new Super Mario. Oh, I we've been over this. I don't like those games. But you have to have one that you like out of the bunch. Not right? really. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I know you're not the biggest fan, but i was just thinking like, because they they all are so cookie cutter, and then Mario Wii U briefly started to experiment with some ideas. I previously said that felt like the Mario World like 2.0 because it had the world map that was pretty similar but where I was going with that I thought was um, this seems to be more like what the new Super Mario Bros were trying to be which I think you and I actually talked about last episode but um, yeah anyway <laughs> um, I tried to think anything about Nintendo Live that was worth mentioning to you guys since you weren't paying attention um, it was interesting I thought that like like I said they only had one new thing there which is Mario Wonder but it was really interesting that all the displays and stuff they had were for evergreen tiles and many of the displays and stuff they used were things we experienced ourselves when the games were first coming out you know like the Smash Bros display at E3 with all the items the um, uh, Kirby statue thing they did for Kirby and the Forgotten Land that they had City Walk here in LA like a lot of the stuff was itself evergreen. So it's it interesting to see Nintendo host an event that was like a hint of what E3 was, but mostly kind of what their mall tours are. <laughs> Where it's just like, here's a bunch of our most popular tiles, come check them out, and then just sort of souped it up. So I'd, I'd be curious to see where that goes in future years. But it, it, it looked cool. It just looked a little, you know, like it, it didn't seem like the FOMO was as strong unless you were dying to try Mario Wonder. Um, anyway, I think about Nintendo things. Uh, anything you guys want to chime in on before we... I don't know, switch over to something you've been playing, Angel, with the Disney card game? Uh, not a Nintendo related. Not that I could think of at the moment, except, you know, if there is going to be a direct soon, definitely am looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, saying anything. But, yeah, you know, we'll see. It, we'll 
I, I was thinking we like of bringing that up to speculate on, but by the time most people hear us, I think the direct might already happen. The rumors are it might happen on the uh, 13th, which is Wednesday of this week. Um, who knows if that'll be the case. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what Nintendo has left, <laughs> essentially, as the gear. I mean, at the end of the day, Switch 2 is coming. There's no doubt Switch 2 is coming. Like, so it's kind of like, what do they, what momentum, what gas is left in the tank beyond the gas that's already left in the tank from the amount of, surprise amount of stuff we saw in June at that direct? Like, what, what next? What could they have left? So that, that'll be interesting to see. I agree. But yeah, yeah, let's talk uh, about Angel. Um, I saw on the list that you, sir, have gotten into Disney's new card game, Lorcana, right? That's how you say it? Yeah, Lorcana. Did not see that coming, really, honestly. I, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't even know how I heard. Oh, there. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how I heard about this because I don't really have any social media. I guess avenue that would tell me about a new trading card game. But yeah, it was actually like a close friend that pointed me to it because they were a big Disney fan. I'm a big Disney fan. Um, we both played Hearthstone. Um, so, you know, it made sense. And this game is basically what if you took mechanics of Magic the Gathering slash Hearthstone because Hearthstone is kind of like a simplistic version of Magic the Gathering. This is, I wouldn't say it's fall somewhere between, it's just. A different take on that formula but how would you, you know, compare it to um like pokemon train card game because that, that's my point of reference i don't even know how pokemon works oh like at all because it is like energy which is kind of like mana so i thought maybe there's something there a parallel maybe, <laughs> maybe not. I, I i maybe not i mean I, it, I it, it, for all i know it could analogy. be like the spitting image of pokemon spitting the spinning image of pokemon but um yeah, oh, damn. Yeah, I never, I never played a single like Pokemon trading card. Round. Wow, that actually surprises me. I never really connected Kevin, the card. I never liked the idea game? of the card game, or it never like, it never rang, it never clicked with me because I was like, that's not how the Pokemon anime works. The game is more. I mean, true. that was me. That was me towards any non-Pokemon franchise. I'd be like, that's not Pokemon. Like Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Monster Rancher, any of them. That's not like Yu-Gi-Oh. That's it was not Pokemon. Like, it was like, oh, like they're playing the same game in the show as we are in real life. And Pokemon, you know, the video game was the one that replicated that the best, obviously, to some extent. Kevin, did you did you ever play the Pokemon card game? Uh, I think so. Okay, good man, good man. Yeah, I always thought Lorcana was uh, was Disney was good, but... trying to sort of ride the wave of Pokemon's renaissance and the cards going so – blowing up so in popularity so much in the last couple of years. But I guess maybe it plays more like magic. So anyway, carry on. I'll stop interrupting. Uh, well, any doodle. Um, yeah, so basically, you know, it's kind of like magic. And, and, you know, and as I kind of – describe a brief overview of it you might realize that it's exactly like pokemon but essentially um like magic and most card games you have to spend resources to play cards except Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh. there's no such thing like that but that's why it's so broken but normally you have dedicated you know resource cards in the case of magic it's your land cards and i guess in the case of pokemon it's your energy cards so you know you probably have to collect a certain number of energy and or land, and then you flip them or you activate them, quote-unquote, for that turn to play a card. So, you know, if you have a 60-card deck, you know, maybe 20% 
or some amount is wasted on resource cards. In Lorcana, um, any character or item could potentially be used as a resource. Essentially, you don't have dedicated resource cards in Lorcana. So your entire deck is made up of characters from various Disney properties, um, spells that just activate random effects that turn, or you also have song cards, which are literally like, you know, you have your Hakuna Matata, part of your world, grab your swords or be our guest, or, you know, a lot of the the classics. They also have some new ones, like Let It Go and that kind of stuff. And some of those cards, at where it shows you how much they cost to play, some of them have like a golden little, I guess, UI element. Well, I guess not <laughs> UI element. I guess it's like a little element. And... um that element will tell you that that card can also be used as a resource if you do not want to play it that turn. Or if you don't think it's going to be useful that game. Or maybe you just need to use it because you really need to play something. So you might say like, well, I guess I'm going to spend this Mickey as my resource. So then you just put it in your resource pool and for the rest of the game, that's just your resource. So every turn you're just tapping this card that was once Mickey so that you can spend them to play your other cards like your Tinkerbells or your Stitches or your Lilos or whatever. And yeah, I think they they themed it pretty well. Like even the song, the aforementioned song cards, like those need to be, like say the song "Be Prepared" by The Lion King or by, you know, Scar in The Lion King. That one is one of the more powerful song cards because it destroys all the characters on the field, so it just nukes the board. If you're like falling behind, just nuke it. But it costs seven resources, which is a lot and you can either wait until you have seven resources resource cards to play it or you, which you know is basically saying you're sacrificing a whole turn to play that card or if you happen to have already spent resources earlier to play a character you know like scar that normally costs seven then at the start of your turn you could say well instead of having scar attack or something i'm just going to have scar sing the song and then, you know, he goes into his little, ex- I guess, exhausted or exerted position. So he won't be able to attack that turn. But you get to play that song card for free. And then you still have seven, presumably like seven resources to work with. So after you nuke the field, then you can play some other things. So you still have advantage. So that's pretty fun. But it's also kind of funny that you could have situations where the beast will sing the Grab Your Swords card, which is a song that was sung when the villagers of the town were going to kill him, or off to try to kill him. So, yeah. A lot of little things like that. But, yeah, you know, some cards also have flavor text. If you saw Moana, like, you can actually have the grandma in your deck. And when she dies, she just becomes a resource card automatically. So, you know, it's almost like she's always helping you. You know, just to kind of, like, make some parallels to the movies, but I guess the part that initially had me worried or just was a concern was like, well, I feel like they're going to run out of cards pretty fast because, you know, first I was like, okay, they're probably not going to have one Mickey. They're probably going to have a bunch of them. And sure enough, they did. But it's at least like, you know, you have your Steamboat Willie Mickey, you have Brave Little Taylor Mickey, you have... Is there Kingdom Hearts Mickey? I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually do. 
at the rate they're going. That would be cool. Like Kevin, the, does, the King Mickey Kevin, or something. I mean, you have to play this card game because oh, of the canon. Oh, man. Because then you do everything Kingdom Hearts canon. Imagine they have like a, a Kingdom Hearts like deck. Yeah, like a Kingdom Hearts Donald. A Kingdom Hearts movie. chapter. Yeah, they totally can. That'd be. Then you have to play the whole card game, get all the cards, and like the Kingdom Hearts characters and some other decks. Man. The Kingdom Hearts characters were apparently at Disneyland not too long ago. Oh which, yeah, I saw that. I was like, what was that about? Are they is Disneyland considered canon? Are they gonna too? be there when we go? Uh, good point. I don't know. Huh? I would like them to be because I would like to take a picture with that Donald. But yeah. Um, yeah, they have, like, three Donalds right now. They have, like, five... No, they have, like, six Elsas, because, of course, you have that many Elsas. But, yeah, it's, uh... So far, it looks fun. Definitely looking forward to playing more. The games so far don't take too long. The archetypes are very similar. It, it feels like a game I've played already, just with the new twist. But, except this time, I actually know all the references. Because, you know, when I played Hearthstone... I never played World of Warcraft, so, you know, every card was brand new to me, which, you know, can be exciting in its own right. But there's something to be said about, you know, building a deck around characters that you are very, very fond of. Like, looking forward for there to eventually be enough Donald Duck cards or Donald Duck related support for me to build a deck around. Or, or maybe they'll, or maybe, you know, not to take it in a sadder route, but. It would seem so appropriate if they had like a fox and the hound card that's called like, <laughs> like maybe it's a, maybe it's a spell card, like an action card that just says that like, you're my best friend, and maybe the effect could be something like when your opponent targets one of your one of your minions to deal damage to it, you could pick another one of your characters to take the damage for it instead, or something like that. You know, like a yeah, Mr. or like a, a Mr. Bambi President. card, and it's oh man, like Mr. President, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like kill a mother on the field or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> kill your most beloved card right in front of your eyes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know. R- literally rip your card up right right there. So that being said, though, I mean, I said I am into it, but it's only because of this app called Pixelborn, which is a free client that, you know, it's definitely not legal in any way. But boy, did they put a lot of work into it because it feels like it was an official app. It feels like a a low budget official app for the game. Like it looks really good, but you know it's not always the most responsive. It has little hitches here and there, but it gets the job done really well as far as building your deck, connecting with other people online. It has leaderboards. It has what have you. Like you can set up custom matches easily. Because right now the game is like sold out because it's basically like the ultimate scalper bait. Which, you know, that kind of sucks. So, but it's also Disney. I'm not too worried about eventually. Like, I'm in no rush. I'll get the cards whenever I get the cards. Like, Disney, I'm sure, is going to make sure that there's enough for everybody. But Are you planning to physically play the game, like, in person with people when the cards become available? Yeah, I was able to convince enough coworkers to check it out. And we played it online, and they really liked it. And... They're very much into it because they're also very big Disney fans. So, so that kind of worked out. But yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. How much? Do, so, how do they sell it? Like Pokemon cards or Magic cards, or you know, like a booster pack equivalents, like you know, three, four bucks. Yeah, I think you get, like booster, ten or eleven I think cards. A booster pack and then is you like, can get, like starter decks and stuff. Yeah, there's structure decks, there's starter. You know, there's like yeah, structure, yeah, booster packs and all what have you. Like you know, a bunch of ways to get them. Well, I guess not not anymore. But in theory, I should have been able to go to any like Target, Walmart, what have you, and buy them. Or any game card store, but yeah, literally nowhere to be found. Not on Amazon, not at Best Buy, not anywhere. Just straight up sold out, unless you go to the aftermarket. But yeah, that's really expensive. Like, I'm not going to pay 300 bucks for a Rapunzel. Like, just a Rapunzel. And normally you need to play four Rapunzels in a deck. So yeah, have fun doing that math. But So, um, so you're not going to pay 300 for a Rapunzel, but let me pitch you something, Angel. As a Disney fan, can I, can I interest you in a 100 animated film box set from Disney that includes every movie they've ever released under Walt Disney Animation Studios and Pixar? It includes side movies from the Disney Toon Studios, like Return to Neverland, and Jungle Book 2, and Planes. It's in Blu ray. It comes in a full set, three volumes, a number of discs across each volume, but each volume opens up like a book with pictures of every single poster for every single movie you get a crystal mickey mouse cap you get uh what else do you get you get like a lithograph of wish because that won't that'll be out after this comes out uh would you be interested in this and would you like to guess how much it would cost you yes and i don't know 1500 Okay, you must have known about this because that's spot on. Uh, this is the first I've ever heard about it, like, sincerely. Yeah, that's exactly the price. For $1,500, all that and more can be yours. Hmm. Damn, that's a lot of money up front. If I could maybe get it. And... You, you you also do get digital copies of all the movies. And it goes, to be clear, it's a, it's 100 movies from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs all the way to Elemental. That's not bad. It's actually not per, per thing, no. And I, hmm, I am considering that can you send me a link is it available to pre-order somewhere uh it will be available on walmart.com starting on the 14th which is later this really week. like not even through best buy right now they're only saying walmart but more may join i don't i don't know but i'll throw it in our in our little group chat so kevin if they sneak a, a kingdom hearts thing in there you can also buy it oh god imagine i'm trying to think of like would they imagine have, i don't think there's any like <laughs> sort of media like just straight up tv just or video media. components yeah. I mean, of kingdom hearts i mean there was that animated show that had a pilot i don't know if the pilot has some lore but i mean this that won't that be here it's only real? movies yeah there's an actual there's a i mean you could find ex, like parts of the pilot oh no 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 it was only ever storyboarded so so there's like you know little bits animated, but uh, it was never picked up. So yeah, yeah, better for you. Oh, interesting. Oh, by the way, I got it slightly wrong. Uh, the pre-order date is September 18th. My birthday. So Angel, oh, you have yeah. to get it exactly. You now are obligated. Wow, this looks pretty cool. It comes with like legit. It has like some interesting stuff. It has like James and the Giant Peach, which is a traditional animation. It has uh, Frankenweenie as Nightmare Before Christmas. It has. Um, you know, such great movies as Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Oh, yes. So, yeah. Everyone loves that one. Or how about uh, Pooh's 
Heffalump movie from 2005. You know what? This actually is kind of a godsend because I have many, many Disney movies. And be- Indeed. And because I got them at different periods of time when Disney, you know, they're like, oh, we got the Walt Disney collection, like the, the Walt collection or the signature collection. You know, they're white boxes with Walt signature. Have some like that. I have the platinum. I have some in the platinum collection. I have, you know, whenever this had to release. Then I have some in the diamond collection. And then I have some in 3D. And for some reason, Dumbo, even though it's a Blu ray, it comes in a DVD box, which is annoying. So, yeah, it'd be nice to, like, my goal was kind of like to unify all of them somehow. So this kind of resolves that. And because I'm already not really buying a lot of physical media anyway. Just getting these first 100 sounds really good. And then the rest, you know, I could just keep getting digitally and just not really worry about it. It's only the classics that I would want to have physically. So and it's a cool box set, honestly. Yeah, I am. I love how I'm, so I'm reading an article from The Wrap. That's why I sent you guys. But I love how they're like, uh, what's fascinating about the set is that it includes a wide variety of Walt Disney animation features, along with beloved Pixar favorites and a smattering of films, uh, parentheses, many of them direct-to-video sequels to earlier masterworks, which I think is a sort of read between the lines of they're saying those direct-to-video sequels are not masterworks. Hmm. Hey, man, that means it includes <laughs> Aladdin 2 and 3, which Aladdin 3 was really nice. Uh, actually, I don't know if it does. That's a direct-to-video sequel. Right? I know, but it seems to only have select direct-to-video sequels because I don't see Aladdin 2 on here. Or Wait, there's a list? There's a list on the link I sent you guys. It also, it also doesn't have Lion King 1 and a half. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's just a smattering of I don't care about others. that one. But if you did, you'd be sad. Right, well, I'm looking through the list now, so... Um... Yeah, I'll see you guys in a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take you a while to scroll through. Uh, it's not too. Uh, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna range, I'm gonna pull. You, I'm gonna pull. The you Black back Cauldron. I can finally watch that movie. You've never seen it? I guess not. I think I've seen parts of it. Yeah. I just know there's a little hairy dude and a Black Cauldron and <laughs> Zelda and the Lich King or something. I mean, not quite Zelda, but sure. Not Zelda in that sense. And it's Kevin's favorite movie? Because I think I've heard Kevin reference it more than anyone else that I know. The Black Cauldron? Yeah. <laughs> Mainly because of <laughs> not the running joke. I mean, I guess it's kind of a running joke. Like, uh, I, it's like who, who's going to watch The Black Cauldron? Come on. Well, when who you have 99 other movies to choose from, yeah, it's going to get buried. Because why would you watch The Black Cauldron when you can watch... Oh, wait, oh yeah, no no movie. extreme Goofy movie. No. Actually, no Goofy No, movie. Goofy movie with her. Oh, there's a Goofy movie. So it's not all of them, I guess. Yeah, I think I'd rather take um, an extreme Goofy movie and... What's it called? Aladdin 2 and 3 over Planes and Planes 2. But then you never know. Maybe... They're actually good. There's probably a passionate following of people who love planes, fire, and rescue. This is actually the first time that Soul and Luca and I think, uh, yeah, just those oh, two are going to be available physically at all. Light years in here? Of course it is. We made it to, to light year? All right. Anyway, while we're on the topic of movies, before you get too down that rabbit hole, Andrew, I'm going to pull you right back well, out. I, 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 I just finished the list. I, I'm happy that it ends with Elemental. I really want to watch that movie. 
Huh. It's out on Disney Plus in two days as of this recording. You can watch it starting Wednesday. Huh. I, Disney the is not paying rate. us for this episode, I swear. What? But the bit rate. Blu-ray has so much more bit rate than yeah, streaming. Yeah, true. True, true. I don't know. I'm, I, I probably wouldn't be able player, to. So. I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's like those people that say, you know, oh, you could tell the difference. Like the audio files that insist you could tell the difference with one high-end speaker versus another high-end speaker. I can tell the difference between low-end and high-end, but once you get into the weeds of the high-ends, you lost me. Like, it's all just nice sound. Yeah, yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, Angel, is there anything else you want to say about uh, Lurkana before we move on? Uh, I guess seeing this list of movies made me feel like, damn, they have so many cars to go through with Lurkana. Um... Oh yeah, I really. Yeah, when you said they don't have a lot of cards, I was thinking, no, no, they are. They own the most IPs. I in the mean, world. considering how many Marvel, they can fold in Pixar, they can fold in Star Wars. It's yeah, and even just between. I mean, yeah, they have their TV shows that they'll eventually do. I mean, we could get Recess and stuff like that. But just looking at how many, there's like so. You could get a card so of many, Lizzie McGuire. There's so many stitches already. <laughs> or even Stevens. There's so many Tinkerbells. It's like, yeah. Yep, yep. And once they start folding in, never mind that. Once they start folding in, like other things they do like their music catalog and you get like you get real weird because they disney owns a huge record label so just imagine <laughs> but, but anyway uh yeah but we we're talking about movies um angel you and i had the privilege to of watching uh teenage ninja turtles mutant mayhem together the other night your second four in the morning time talking about on the podcast yes oh, i'm sorry what? something that is said <laughs> Uh, I Ice Cube quotes himself in the movie when he plays a kid, when he plays Superfly. And he says that line. Yes, gotcha. But yeah, Ninja Turtles. Um, that was my first time seeing it, Angel. That was your third, second. Yeah, that was my third, fourth, and I think eighth. it was kind of like a roller coaster. It went from very high highs of just seeing a fun animated turtle film that wasn't terrible to kind of like okay, like I think. It was kind of a honeymoon phase where I think I liked it more than it really was. And then the third time, I think I enjoyed it more than my second viewing. Kind of like how I enjoyed Toy Story 4 much more on a later viewing than an earlier one. Like to the point that I would say, I don't know, I think I rank it higher than at least part one. What? I mean, okay, Maybe sure, part sure, two. sure. No judgment, no judgment. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe part three. Nope. I think they just kept getting better Sorry, and better. Your I think two was better than one. No, I, I think, think three was think better than two, just, and four was better than three. I think your opinion just like bottoms out when you say it's better than three. I think you know. I think there's a point where you're just incorrect. I think three. Kevin, have you seen? Uh... <laughs> it, 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 it's it's kind of. I mean, I've seen three so many, like literally so many times. Well, that's you doing it to yourself. Yeah. Then. If you're if you're losing the emotional oomph because you kept watching it, looking, you know, itching for a fix, and you had to keep getting higher and higher and doing there more was, and more, then that's there was on a you. period or there was a time in my life when I forgot what cousin we had over. They were very young. We watched the movie, and then they wanted to watch it again, so we put it in again. And I think we did that maybe oh, so I can never three do that. times over the course of maybe a couple days. So, I don't think I can even do that with the Mario movie. It also kind of happened to Wreck-It Ralph. That one kind of survived. 
being so desensitized to are, it. Are you saying but I am, that... Uh, I, I, it, it might take a few more years, but right now I'm numb to Toy Story 3. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, that's you. I mean, that's just building up a tolerance to the emotional highs. You, you, yeah, you, you brought it on yourself. Um, Tired of being what you want you see Mayhem? Anyway. Yes, you're calling Lincoln Park, and I appreciate that as a fan. Uh, Kevin, have you, have you seen Mayhem yet? No, I have not. All right, so we'll stay away from spoilers. But Don't um, care. You've spoiled away. What is there to spoil? Uh, there's not a lot of spoil, I really. Think I of anything don't that know. Could be spoiled. The, the trailer uh, literally shows the final yeah, battle the against the, big, the thing at the end. Super duper fly. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Um I'm not as deep of a turtle guy as you. Well, I love the animals, turtles. I love turtles, like as an animal. But I'm not as big into the Did you ever turtles have turtles? I, know. I never had turtles of my own, but I used to go to Hawaii when I was a kid every spring break. And the resort we went to had sea turtles. And I started collecting like random little sea turtle trinkets. So I had artificial turtles. And then once a year, I'd see real turtles. And that is the extent of my turtles. Angel, did you ever have turtles? Yeah, we had a pet turtle named Donatello. Or was it Leonardo? Of course it is. At one point, too. Wow, you don't even remember? Oof. It was Elvis's. Poor turtle. But. Did you, Kevin, have a turtle? Mm, one of those fairy turtles that are really tiny. I think it, yeah, the, the, yeah, the like really, really small ones. Yeah. I only had one of those. Hmm. Man, I didn't realize everyone had a turtle but me. Well, my childhood was such a disappointment now. Um, it's not like it's a life changing uh, experience. It sounds like it, 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 I wouldn't know. I never it taught had me one. responsibility. But, um, I'll tell you that much. What was that? It did teach me about responsibility. Oh, and how yeah, I wasn't yeah, responsible yeah. at all. Oh, no. It, did your turtle survive this episode of learning responsibility? Absolutely not. That's why. Come on. Oh, poor turtle. Well, you know what turtles do survive? Michelangelo. Leonardo, Dantello, and Raphael—they all make it through the movie. No, Didn't but um, die in the comics? yeah, I was. He did for a movie. little bit, <laughs> and then they introduced Lady Turtle, right? Uh, eventually they did, yeah, yeah. And then second, and awesome then second Lady Turtle. Here's what would get you to watch the movie, Kevin. Um, Sydney from the Bear, Ao. Uh, oh yeah, I know she plays uh, the last name. Yeah, and she's basically playing Sydney. So okay, cool. Like, very similar delivery, and it, it works. It works very well. But, yeah, no, I, I haven't big, been as big into turtles at all as I know that the Salado boys are, Angel and Elvis. But um, The Salati. The Salati. The Salat, yes, the Salati. But uh, I will say it was a very fun movie. Yeah, it um, – you know, I think, I think honestly, my biggest exposure to Ninja Turtles has been through, through Angel. Um, so seeing, like, the old movies, seeing bits and pieces of other media of theirs. Um, like, as a kid, I never really – watched it at all so I, I watched street sharks randomly and swat cat i watched all the other animals that were anthropomorphic fighters of some sort but i didn't watch the or the original which was weird um but no the movie's really fun i really liked it um i think it it definitely takes some liberties in terms of feeling comfortable to go in a crazy stylized direction from uh spider-verse it definitely takes some liberties in terms of uh, really having, or not similar, but it, it, it utilizes that Spyverse had a very distinct soundtrack and kind of, in a different way, does its own thing where it's like, yeah, we're going to have a really distinct sound to this movie, a really distinct style and vibe. And I think the the vibe definitely... I mean, Angel, what would you say? I would say the, the, the visuals maybe 
go even further than what Spider-Verse did. Like, there are parts that look straight up like... It's kind of grungy. It's, it's kind of sketchy. It's very yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Spider- I read online I mean, somebody. Which... I read online that somebody uh, said that it's it looks like Psychonauts. Like it has like oh, yeah. oh my god, like, yeah, that a lot of it. yeah, like you know, Whoa, th- there yeah. is very little symmetry in that movie. Even like amongst the turtles, like faces are, you know, not conventionally pretty drawings, but it's like it, it, it really adds to the whole style because you know turtles. Like, you know, Spider-Verse has clearly, like, a very, like, beautiful art direction. But everything looks, has, like, this very polished feel to it. Um, but, you know, it's great. Like, almost every frame of that movie would make, like, an amazing wallpaper. This one, you have some shots that could make an amazing wallpaper. Others, you might be like, I don't know if I'd use that as a wallpaper. But it looks very cool or very stylized. And that, and that's what I think is cool about it because that felt to me very late eighties, early nineties, like that sort of like grungy, gritty art. You know, like the original tour was Garbage Pail Kids, yeah, but uh, like Ren and Stimpy, like that was a very much that made sense. Yeah, because because whether to have it be like whether that. it was intentional or not, um, you know, when the Turtles first came out, it was uh, it was literally like an indie comic. They it was just Eastman and Laird. Working out of like a garage, they got a loan from their uncle of like about a thousand bucks or something, and they printed those comics out themselves. And they only were able to print out like about like a thousand or so, not even thinking that they would sell. And this was already when you know Spider Man and all those big Marvel and DC heroes were already out in full swing. So like they had, they thought they had no chance. Ah, full swing. Yeah, Spider Man full swing. That was good. That was. And you know, and the. Original comic looked kind of rough too, like in a cool way. Like it had a very distinct, very thick outline, very sketchy look, and this almost like replicates that in like you know you look at the way the turtles look versus you know the way Spider Verse look. Like you know compare the theatrical and the theatrical Marvel movie versus the theatrical turtle movie. It feels like your big Hollywood, your big budget studio versus like a indie. I mean, obviously, Indies would not be able to and, produce something that looks like this, but, you know, it gives off that kind of vibe, I guess. And and truthfully, I think that's part of why this works so well. Is like when the Bay movies, like the Michael Bay Turtle movies came out, like they were trying to be, it felt like, the big dog. You know, like they were like, oh, we have to be the CG. Th-. Like they look like Transformers, but Turtles. Yeah. Like the CG and stuff. Like it's the same like metal and brown. And like, so like this really, it felt like it had such its own lane and personality and style and like even the way that and this kind of goes back to you know the grungy like garbage pail kid vibe i'm sure it was somewhat just to fit the you know asymmetry you're saying but also all the humans or almost all the humans in this movie look rather like borderline grotesque which i'm sure was supposed to be some sort of little nod to oh the turtles are the mutants but the humans look worse type of thing like yeah the humans look they're more than the turtles. monstrous in no yeah. way no no more yeah, monster yeah, than the I, I, it has to be yeah yeah, but um, no, but I think it, it so it found like that visual lane, and then it did a really like it feels very contemporary, like the dialogue, the the references. I know turtles have always in general referenced a lot of their eras. Like the early turtles would talk a lot about stuff from the eighties and early nineties, and then like like I know that's kind of par for the course, but it was like the slang, the the I don't know. It felt very like bunch of teenagers in a movie that happen to be turtles like i don't know how very like, there's one scene that's been making the rounds um now that's out on digital of like the four kids that play the turtles basically improvising like random like, gibberish like they're talking about like what just riffing on each other 
Yeah, exactly. Like just toy riffing. It doesn't make sense. Like it's not like there's no like sequence to it. It's not like they they talk about like bacon, eggs, and cheeses, and then they start saying we outside, and then they start saying you're like it had no logic or anything. But it just felt very like oh yeah, you're just a bunch of kids joking around with inside jokes, and like that whole the whole movie had I'm sure in part because the turtles were supposed to be informed only by pop culture because they weren't allowed into the world like a lot of just nods and references and things that are like very specific pop culture references like they they had a thing about Mark Ruffalo that's very specific to a very specific scene and it was um you know it's just one of those things I'm like I don't know how well that's gonna age in 15 years like if kids watch it and I don't know if that's true for the early turtles that if kids watch it now they're like I don't get half the references but that plus the grungy art style made it really feel like kind of its own thing and not just something that's riffing off Spire versus animation success or something that's trying to be like a reboot of a big IP that Nickelodeon wants to blow up. Like it felt like its own thing. And that was that was cool. That was fun as a result. Very, very much happy with what this became. Glad there was like a show that's I guess going to lead up to the next movie because obviously we get our a proper movie with Shredder coming up at some point. And, you know... And one thing we should shout out uh, also, it had, we and I think this goes, oh yeah, you guys have a standee that's like floor ceiling from the movie theater. But no, I was going to say also probably got got this from Spyverse because Spyverse sort of paved the way in terms of success. The, they were able to get, like, it wasn't just like, oh, we made a movie where turtles are fine. Like there, there was some stylist, there was a great fight montage set to no, get, no uh, diggity. It's really slick how they did it. Like, that you don't see that. Like, this isn't just like they didn't phone this movie in. You could tell it was kind of a passion project for those involved. And that was, it, it, it shines through. Like, it made for. Yeah, me. got like a. Even though I don't know much about the turtles. got like an audible reaction from plot, Jason of just like, like, wow, like that was genuinely like really cool. Like that, that's yeah, the, and like, and here's the thing. And the jokes. If, if and I Paul Rudd. Oh, oh yeah, Paul Rudd. I didn't even know was in it. That was great. But or he didn't know he was in it at all. But um, if I step back and we we could, you know, the plot, the character arcs, like nothing here is groundbreaking. Nothing here is like super unique or necessarily super interesting. But it's just all so well executed in such a style and with such a vibe that it, like it just works. Like if we were talking about the plot, it'd be the most like let's let's be honest, it'd be pretty. And to your point about like you kind of got out of the honeymoon period of it, it's it's a pretty basic plot. Like it's a pretty straightforward nothing to write home about really but just the way it's all packaged up and the way it's presented is done in such a nice way you know yeah yeah milking yeah 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 okay the milking thing maybe is a bit a uh, bit out of left field and not not quite as as uh cookie cutter as some other parts of the plot because <laughs> i just yes. like your reaction like wow i didn't think um, they would pay that off yeah, you know, someone really loved that joke because they reference it like six times throughout the movie and then it has the payoff. Yeah, yeah. Like at first I thought they're just drilling the, like, you know, um, not what's the term where you like drill it into the ground. Like, that's what I thought they were doing and there was the payoff. So, yeah. But yeah. that's just one of a few movies that have been flashed across our eyeballs in the last couple of weeks. Uh, has, have you guys seen any other movies that you want to talk about at all? I have a, I have a DC catch-up I've been doing. I mean, I know I talked about Blue Beetle and The Flash here not too long ago, but I know you hadn't seen them did yet. Did you talk about Blue Beetle? I did. I don't remember you talking yeah. about Blue Beetle. I talked about it being aggressively Mexican, yeah. Oh, it is, and... <laughs> I don't mean that negatively. No, 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 uh, no. No, it it, it was like aggressive yeah, Mexican no. and like uh, like like oh they like are being genuine about it, not like in a yeah it, kind of way. Like George Lopez was pretty funny. Yeah, it, it was great. But yeah. Did you catch in Blue Beetle? Uh, 
baby sport. Did you catch all the uh, old video game tech that popped up in there? I mean, not, not to be like... Well, I think the only one that obviously stood out the most was the power glove at the end, but I guess when I saw it, I was kind of like, oh yeah, of course they have the power glove. I don't know why I thought, of course they had the they power also... glove. Like, I like, the power glove like, it's, like, like, like it's such a common thing, yeah. but yeah, I don't know, something about it just didn't, didn't like hit me the way I think it, they thought it would hit me. That one didn't, but what did was there was a millisecond of a Game Boy camera being used, and then my favorite, they got an N-Gage in the movie. And not the original N-Gage, the one that bombed harder, the N-Gage QD, the second N-Gage. Both of those, both that and the Game Boy Color or Game Boy Camera showed up, and I was like, wow, these are actually very specific things they're pulling, but sure, why not? Um, but yeah, I uh, you kind of alluded to it already, but I have, in the last, I don't know, five, six weeks, watched, uh, in release order, Shazam 2, The Flash, and, oh no, non-release order. Shazam 2, then Blue Beetle, then The Flash. So I kind of bounced around. Um, and yeah, the, I, I don't know why I'd stopped seeing DC movies in particular in theaters. Um, wasn't intentional, just kind of happened. But having now caught up with them, yeah, I don't, I think Blue Beetle deserves more love. I think The Flash gets too much flack. And I think Shazam is about as flat as everyone said it was. I love the first Shazam. I literally like the first Shazam. I don't think the second one hit any real highs in the same way, but also didn't really have any lows. It just kind of was. Like, I, I don't know. I think I think if of these three movies, if there's any that to me screams superhero fatigue, which is this thing everyone's saying, everyone has superhero fatigue, fatigue which is probably true to some extent, Shazam 2 probably felt the most like it. Because here was a kind of kind of isolated movie like it's connected to the dc extended universe but and they have some cameos that feel very forced as a result but like it's kind of on its own but it does the whole like everything has to be world destroying you know it starts like oh it's a simple thing now oops it's the whole world the third act's all just cg like it's it's they kind of try and do a mythical angle which is ended in the first one but this one goes a little hard they have unicorns in it not rainbow colored unicorns and it's like it's fine but like i don't know it didn't the first one had a lot of heart the first one had a lot like the idea of like kind of this foster kid figuring out what was going on with his parents and trying to get in touch with his with his birth mom and like like it had some real heart and some real like actually kind of touching moments that were unique for a superhero movie and shazam 2 felt like they dropped like all of that and it was just it was fine but like there's nothing like, for those who aren't familiar with Shazam, like, you know, there's Billy who turns into Shazam. Billy's a kid. Shazam's an adult with the sensibilities of a kid. They try to make Billy be more mature in the second one and start to wonder about, like, what well, if he loses his family? He can't lose his foster family. They mean everything to him. And that's like a uh, – I wouldn't even call it a B-plot. That's like a D-plot. It's so minimal. And then they cut to him being Shazam, and Shazam's goofier and more childish than probably ever. So that's a weird juxtaposition that didn't really make sense. And then it just, from there, they had star power. They had Han Mirren, they had Lucy Liu, but it just didn't, didn't really capture me in any way, if that makes sense. Um, but then The Flash, we got to jump around a little. Then The Flash, um, without spoiling anything, because I know, Kevin, you haven't seen it. Uh, Don't care. You can spoil that it one got all, off. all you want. Oh, all right. Well, that one got a little flat. So maybe spoilers for those who are listening. And Andrew, I'm curious what you think now that I'm getting to the Flash and Blue Beetle. But I felt like the Flash got a lot of flack because of some of that CG, which was not good. But I felt like under 
that was actually it had some heart and it was trying and it was trying to experiment and do things and be a little different than just yeah, another. It felt very genuine. Movie. Yeah, it like it, it it felt like everything that Shazam t- one was, but Shazam two wasn't. If that makes sense. So to watch them kind of back to back, I was kind of like, oh, here's the Shazam like heartfelt vibe I was feeling. Because yeah, I mean, straight up, the CG is not good in the Flash. It's very video gamey at times. Um, some stuff's intentional. So when they do the time travel and the timeline travel, they do it with like a uh, – it's actually kind of clever. They do it like a zoetrope. You know, those things where like it's like that thing in the round and it sits there and you can see these intricately detailed little like figurines that are painted. And then when they turn it on, it starts spinning. The figurines move so fast in such a way that it basically becomes like a flip book and it, comes, it looks animated as it's spinning. Like if you look through a peephole – so basically their thought was like, okay, so whenever Flash goes through a time warp or a timeline, he goes into this zoetrope and then the zoetrope stops and everything's just kind of frozen in these like moments that are very, you know, similar to one another, but a little different because that's where the timeline splits. And I thought that was clever. And that explains maybe or hides some of the bad CG because, yeah, you can have people look like porcelain. You can have people look like figurines. That's fine. But then the stuff where they didn't try and hide the CG was just not good. Like, there's a scene where he's, like, catching babies in the air, and that looked not great. And there's just a lot of green, obvious green screen. And then they do this thing at the end where they reference other timelines with, like, other uh, Superman and Batman actors um, who are no longer around or were never actually cast. That scene like looks terrible. Superman. That scene, the CG, I don't know. Like, I can understand the zoetrope excuse for why some of the CG looked how it looked. That was not the Zoetro. I don't know what was going on with that CG. But um, but again, it felt like someone had an idea of wouldn't it be cool to nod to all these legacy DC things and the fan service of the Nick Cage thing and, and all that. And it's just like it, it, it felt genuine to, to use Angel's word, but it didn't feel like it was executed well on the technical side. And that feels like a lot of The Flash. Like there's a lot of genuine stuff in it, a lot of heart in it. Uh, I know Ezra Miller... There's a lot going on in their uh, real life that can definitely uh, make you not want to support them in a movie. But I will say in the movie, if you're watching on Max or whatever, um, Ezra Miller's playing two characters. But there are scenes where it's just Ezra Miller talking to other Ezra Miller for like prolonged periods of time. And it didn't feel annoying to me. Like it felt like they did a good job like of sort of being the foil to themselves. Um, and that, you know, that takes some talent and some decent writing. And, like, they're, they, again, it felt like there was some real effort put into it. And there were a lot of ideas that were sound. It just, some of the execution, maybe budget reasons, maybe reshoot budgets. I don't know. Like, some of the execution just wasn't there. But I definitely liked it, I think, more than a good chunk of the internet did. Um, I mean, Angel, you, you seem pretty up on it, too, actually. Like, pretty upbeat about it. Yeah. I mean, I also kind of liked how, um, yeah, I mean, just... I agree with pretty much everything you said, but I think one of the parts that still kind of surprised me was how, I guess they played up the fact that um, the Flash's character, Barry, was kind of annoying in the beginning. Like, he was already kind of, like, super joking and stuff, and, you know, he could be a little grating, but I didn't realize that was going to be a whole arc of, like, oh, he actually grows out of that, and you actually end up kind of, like, rooting for him. And... Yeah, and I thought I thought they were able to pull it off so well because they had Ezra Miller being like, and you, uh, the grading and the not grading kind of like, yeah. Oh yeah, although his younger yeah. self, oh my god, he almost like pushed the gradingness, but I guess that was kind of also kind of the point. 
Still. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's there is a there is a that laugh. Oh my god. Vibe, but not just that laugh, but there's a good chunk of the movie where I was like, this is like someone shoved a '90s style like over the top comedy into a superhero movie. Like, there's a lot of like. I want to say like Ace Ventura, but like the more physical, like you know what I mean. Like there's a certain type of comedy movie that was super big in the early mid '90s, maybe up through like The Mask or something. There were definitely bits and pieces of that style put into this movie. It waned in the second half, but the first half was very like not slapstick, but kind of like ridiculous, like the baby thing that I was mentioning. That was an insane set piece. Like that was like insane to the point of almost stupid set piece, but like. You could tell that they had some heart in it, and by the end, I turned, I came around on the whole movie. Because, yeah, the first third, I was a little like, mm, but it, it eased up, and I actually really liked it by the end. Um, yeah, and I think, I was making a point about superhero fatigue. I think Flash, because it is a little bit different in the sense of, you know, it's, it's tying in stuff you've already watched with the extended DC universe. It's, it's not just, like, a rote, like, here's you know, a world-ending thing you need to solve. Like, it was very... It was kind of a personal story about Barry. Had the family elements like Shazam 1 did, but also tied into a lot of stuff that if you watch any of DC movies, you recognize all the way back to Man of Steel. Like, it kind of overcame the fatigue feeling for me just because it, it didn't feel like it was more the same. It felt like it was actually trying to sort of tie up some ends with DC's extended universe or reset it to be able to go into James Gunn's. Obviously, that wasn't necessarily the intention, but it kind of does do that. So, um, yeah, I actually kind of like Flash. So that's number two. Number three is Blue Beetle. Um, and Angel, as we discussed, you've seen this too. But, Kevin, I'm guessing you have not seen this one either. I have not seen it, though. Blue Beetle is going to defy everything I just said because Blue Beetle is a superhero origin story that doesn't seem to do much new to, for superhero movies. I mean, literally, it's Angel. Tell me if you feel otherwise. But to me, it feels like it's basically Iron Man crossed with Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, easily. Like, easily. Yeah, like it's not very original. But something about it. I don't know if it's Zolo, uh, what's his name, uh, the Cobra Kai guy. I don't know if if it's his char. I don't know if it's George Lopez is the kind of crazy uncle. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's kind of the fact that it leans so heavily into a specific culture with all the, like, Hispanic stuff. I don't know, but something about it. Maybe it's the smaller stakes. It's not world-ending things you're solving. Something about it, though. It doesn't feel like it has the like uh as something like she's in like it had a lot of heart. It had some funny moments. It had some you know it's very basic origin story of kind of a hodgepodge of things we've seen on the Marvel side. But it just I don't know it just nailed it. The CG wasn't horrible. Like it wasn't great, but it wasn't horrible. But like I don't know, just something about it was just very charming for lack of a better word. Yeah, actually it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad to hear that it actually is slowly gaining some momentum. Um, it outperformed Shazam 2 at the box office. I think it out, it's about to or already did outperform The Flash. And from what James Gunn's been saying, this version of Blue Beetle will live on in his um, DC universe, or at least Zolo. Um, oh, God, what's his last name? At least he'll play the guy again, though. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like... It, it's interesting to watch them or have them come out in the order they did because you have like Shazam 2 kind of being what felt like the everything problematic with the DC Extended Universe. The Flash being like, well, here's what's bad about it, but also here's what's good about it. And then Blue Beetle being like, okay, well, now here's just kind of the good part, the heart, the humor. Like, we're going to go with that now. Like, it kind of it kind of forms a nice little story arc between the three in a way. Like a meta arc or something. But, um, yeah, so Blue Beetle's still in theaters. I recommend if anyone likes superhero movies, it's fun. 
it's nothing crazy. Some of the jokes are a little childish. Um, the 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 farting spaceship being one of them, or ship, not spaceship. But um, but for the most part, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, I think that's all I've got on the DC front. Anything you want to add, Angel? Since you've seen some of them. Um, the way they killed off the villain in Blue Beetle was a little darker than I expected, or it seemed a little. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, huh? Yeah. That was uh, huh? Tonally, yeah. that movie skip jumps around a lot. Actually, like it goes from like dumb humor to like kind of dark to like kind of serious to like more dumb humor, like to social. There's a lot of social commentary in that one. Um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting grab bag kind of. Yeah, much like Blue Beetle himself, who's kind of a grab bag of multiple other heroes. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my DC catch up or DCCU, which is almost like the DCEU, but with another C. Um, was there anything else we were going to talk about on today's show, or are we kind There's of waiting for really? That? I we mean, used to all hit. That was a lot of movies lately. I don't think I'm actually going to mm-hmm. watch. I know I'm eventually going to. Uh, yeah, like we said, I'm eventually going to watch Elemental. I. I mean, if I see Barbie, I'm sure it'll happen at some point. I can't see myself it's good. watching Oppenheimer, maybe unless, like, one of you guys wants to watch it and I just happen to be there. That's the only way I could see myself. Well, you situation. had that opportunity. Kevin and I already saw it together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's. I would already have to be in that environment. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only other thing I'm looking forward to is obviously Godzilla Minus One, um, which I think comes out sometime in December. What about the Apple TV Monarch? And of course, the show. I'm, I'm curious about it. Um, the CG looks. They put out a trailer. Uh, the CG looks this insane. Weekend, and the CG, the CG looks movie quality. Like, what? <laughs> did Apple put the bill on that, or did they just cut up a movie into ten episodes? Like, it looks really good. Huh. I have to. It literally looks like the movie. And I could say this because uh, Kevin, I was, when I was hanging with Angel over the weekend, uh, for some reason we watched the climactic fight of all the Godzilla movies that have come out since uh, the reboot in 2014. Well, that's a, the, I don't know why we did that. Movies? Yeah, exactly. So we watched uh, like all of them. And yeah, the CG is, I don't know if it's fully on par, but it's really not too far removed. Okay, how much, time, how much time do we have left? As much as you want. We've only been on the air for an hour and 20 minutes. Okay, so I have an issue with the MonsterVerse. Um, Let's do it. So the trailer, Angel, you didn't see the trailer, right? I'm watching it right now. Okay. So let me blur it out when you get to the good CG. Is that Kurt Russell? The trailer's like a minute and a half. So is it just a minute and a half of dead air? Or Kevin, let's let's chat. Movies, books, television. I'm just saying words. I haven't read a book in. Hmm. I haven't read a book in forever. The last book I read, I believe, was Reggie's book about a year ago. Reggie's book, gotcha. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, so it has to be Nintendo related to get my attention. Otherwise, the most reading I do is the internet, for better or worse, or both. Yeah, or I've got a. I'm gonna start reading more. I tell myself that, but I know I won't. Like I read a lot. I consume a lot of written word, just not in book form. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Internet form. No, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's why I tell myself to feel better about not being an intellectual, you know? No, I feel that. Um, so. <laughs> there was a year. How, how's there that was ch- a year when uh, yeah. I was going to make my mission to to try and read uh, at least one book uh, a week. And the oh, first book okay. that I picked up was 
Mm, I hope it's that interesting as it l- it's implied to be. But I could also okay. see it being yeah, one of those I, like. No, Kevin, no, no. Wait, 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 Kevin. What were you saying? Let's one at a time. <laughs> I know I interrupt a lot, but one at a time. <laughs> no, I uh, I picked up uh, Noah Hawley's or Holly is that his name? Uh, I think it was like his his novel debut. But Noah Hawley essentially was the showrunner of the Fargo TV show in Legion. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he wrote a book, and that was gonna be my first book, and got maybe I don't know like fifty pages into it. Okay. Yeah, for me, it has to be Nintendo or it has to be Harry Potter. Gotcha. Like the original books. Of Harry okay, Potter. Angel, you saw that. Anyway, trailer. all right, MonsterVerse. Yeah, hopefully that's interesting that the trailer makes it out to be, but also based on the trailer, it looks like it's going to be one of those nothing happens for like three or four episodes, then you get maybe one galactic episode. And so it looks more Godzilla and less Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, because Godzilla versus Kong. Honestly, was under the impression that got all monster fights. I was under the impression that yeah. this wasn't going to have Godzilla at all. It was going to just like focus on other monsters, which it looks no. Like so it originally, still does. originally the title for this was Godzilla and the Titans. Mm. Was the original title for the show, and then it wasn't only until also, recently it, that they changed it to uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. An interesting uh, casting choice: Kurt Russell, I believe, plays. An older version of a yeah. After the beginning, like is that, Kurt Russell. Russell mm-hmm. It's his, it's Kurt Russell and his son playing uh, two different time, two different periods of time, same person. So, my issue with the MonsterVerse is something that I just literally alluded to, where this movie looks more like Godzilla and less, and looks less uh, Godzilla versus Kong, uh, which makes sense because this takes place apparently right after Godzilla, uh, or yeah, after the second one, yeah, Monsters. King of the Monsters? Mm. I believe it's right after King no, of the Monsters. No, I believe it's right after the first, after the first one. It, I, because oh, the tagline is right back. after, like, I think the, not the tagline, but the uh, press release was after... Oh, the logline? Yeah, after yeah. San Francisco got rocked by uh, Mudos and Godzilla. Um, okay, yeah, then that's the first one. So no no, uh, Millie Bobby Brown will be in, in that case. Correct. This predates her, yes. My issue with this whole MonsterVerse is that tonally, every movie is completely different from the last. The first Godzilla, the the legendary Godzilla, plays it incredibly serious. The second one gets a little looser. And then Godzilla versus Kong is just camp, right? Which yeah, I don't yeah. mind. I what do about not Skull mind. Island? neon lit camp, by the way. Skull Island that also... Uh, School Island doesn't play it serious, but that's also just because of the contents of that movie, right? Um, Although School Island does a lot of cool stuff with, like, Vietnam imagery, which is, if you stop and say that out loud, Vietnam in- in- imagery about a giant monkey is a bit weird, but gorilla. But, yeah, no, it, it you're right. It's not very serious. Either. It's just I hate how inconsistent the tone is. Like, right after this show, we're going to see... Godzilla vs. Kong 2. And that's just mm-hmm. going to feel more like, you know, Godzilla vs. Kong. Can't be. Which I don't have a problem with. Yeah. But if you're going to make this universe, at least make it totally consistent. It's just all over the place. That's something. That the Marvel thing? That for. Well, I was going to say, that's something for everything that people knock about, even the DC Extended Universe and, and Marvel. They're very good at making it fit together in a way that you can still have your own style in every Marvel movie, but they don't feel out of place side by side. Like, it's not like Black Panther shows up in Avengers and you're like, whoa, this does not fit him at all. Like, it, it all fits. Like, the puzzle pieces all come together tonally. So, 
maybe we don't give enough credit to those who actually execute it well, you know? Yeah, that's just that's just my two cents on the, the Monsterverse. I wish I loved it more, but the tonal inconsistency, the tonal inconsistency between movies just I don't know there's some there's something that happens in my brain where I'm like Godzilla vs Kong feels like it shouldn't even belong in the same universe as what is it, 2014 Godzilla, the first one. I think yeah, it was 2014. I think it's well, there, there's a I lot. love that movie. It's interesting. Maybe it's because I love that movie yeah. more than I, than I love the other movies. There, there's definitely an element I've noticed with Godzilla movies in particular where it seems like they're very responsive to the fan feedback and maybe almost overcorrect because, sure. like, you know, like, not just tone, but also, like, how much do you see of Godzilla? How much is the fighting there? Like, if you watch 2014 Godzilla and then you watch Godzilla versus Kong, yeah, one's a movie about humans that has, like, a monster kind of floating about, and the other one's just, like, here's two essentially giant like here's a giant pokemon battle that's destroying a city essentially like you know like it, it's very and i think that's because fans after 14 like there's not enough godzilla there's not enough godzilla and then there's no real way to steer it towards godzilla versus kong without it getting a little campier because at the end of the day you're talking about a lizard and a gorilla you know wrecking a city while yeah. punching each other no i i, I get it but it's just their mouth <laughs> no yeah. i get it but it's just a little yeah, no, but I get what you mean, totally. They 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 were very reactive to fans with right. that franchise, while maybe DC and Marvel were a little more subtle in how they catered to feedback. Mm-hmm. And like, they don't don't get me wrong. Like, I understand the criticisms that people have of of Legendary Godzilla. Um, that movie's not for. I've always everybody. enjoyed them, honestly. Even the twenty four. No, I enjoy. All, I mean, the Brian Cranston fake out was a little weird. I enjoyed but, all of them. Yeah. Um. Same. It's just, like I said, if you watch Godzilla 2014 and then Godzilla vs. Kong, they're, like, completely separate universes. Right. That's what they feel like. I mean, Angel, do you... You prefer more Kong, right? So do you, like... Do you kind of like what it's turned into? Or do do you... Are there elements of the early Godzilla movies from Legendary that you miss seeing or wish they still kept? Uh... I guess I liked it better when there were less people to follow. I mean, it's not like I automatically hate the human parts, but just that it also depends on who. I don't know. Did you have to be? So then Godzilla versus Kong is more what you want. Yeah, but just with different people, maybe less people to follow as well. Because um, I so even more have... in the direction of Godzilla versus Kong than they've already gone. Like if yeah. it wasn't for, I guess uh, Quicksilver. At least Quicksilver's performance as the direction, the way they directed him. Like, he was just a very boring character. Like, I did not care about anything he did. Every time he was on screen, it was like... Yeah, which is a valid point. Which just kind of felt yeah, eye no, rolly. Just because he was just so wooden, like, in everything he did there. When I know he could do better, because I've seen him in other stuff. Where I felt like Godzilla vs. Kong was kind of the other... On the other extreme, where all the human characters annoyed me because they were just so... I don't know, maybe overly campy or just like way yeah, too much like caricatures. Mm-hmm. They're super caricatures. Like the, the like Millie Bobby's character, the friend character, and the conspiracy character. Like, you know, it was like I roll it for the opposite reason. It's like, I don't know, they broke immersion in a movie where you're having a giant gorilla fight a giant lizard. Like, I was able to accept the <laughs> the inconsistency of like getting to the center of the earth. We need these like crazy machines to go through this wormhole thing and then we end up down there but then they don't go through a wormhole on the way or Kong can just climb out of there even that, 
But that's what I was about to latch on to when you're done with your thought. Remind me to come back to that. Like, you know, I like when it's paced well. Like, I mean, some of the earlier Godzilla movies, like, they have human characters. Sometimes those human characters are boring, but sometimes they're unintentionally funny when they're being so serious. But, like, I don't know. It's somewhere in between. I think Godzilla versus Kong. No, I'm not gonna. King of the Monsters have some moments. Honestly, the best parts of the people parts were the parts of part one and part two where it was that Furukara guy, the scientist dude. Like, oh, Ken Watsunabe's character. Yeah, he he played the. He's great in everything. Yeah, he, I he love played, Ken Watsunabe. He absolutely should have been the lead of the entire trilogy. Seriously, yeah, like. Yep. He agreed. he played that part so well that I he those were like the only times that I cared about the what they were doing because that's also what makes Godzilla movies interesting sometimes when they pull off the how are people actually dealing with this Godzilla threat or this Godzilla, you know, natural disaster. Yeah, and in his and, case he he was just like, No, just let him fight, dog. Yeah. Which and, I always and loved. It became a meme. <laughs> Incredible yeah. meme. But, um, I love that meme. So I don't know if that answered yeah, your no, question, I, I, but... Kind of, yeah. No, I was going to say, um, the thing I wanted to earmark where I interrupted you, like, wait, I want to come back to that. Yeah, the thing tonally that I kind of forgot about but just came back to me, they went from sort of realistic to, like, crazy sci-fi. Like, yeah. if you look at 2014... Yep, it's very and, grounded. That's the part, like... Yeah, and, and then, then it's in, not. in Godzilla vs. Kong, they're taking some, like, spaceship down to the center of the Earth, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the one. Like, I was thinking more camp and more, like, the characters and more, like, what the, they were focused on in the movie. But I totally forgot about how it went full-on sci-fi out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and yeah, I think that that's why the weird. disconnect in my brain is like, no, it just feels so, so... Uh, maybe wrong isn't the right word, but... I mean, you guys get what I mean, right? Glued like together. Slapped together. Glued together. Yeah, kind yeah. of. And like I said, this these next couple of movies aren't going to help. Like, okay, we're going to get Monarch, which is very, very in line with 2014. And then we're going to get uh, round two of Godzilla vs. Kong. Have they yeah, the the think of it, they like, um, Yes, actually, I just saw it the other day, but I forgot what it was. Let me look it up. But yeah, that's the thing I don't, I don't quite... I'm curious, like, what's the timeline for these? Because if they can justify... Well, the Monarch show is in, like, modern times, like, our contemporary times. It'll be a little more grounded. And then if Godzilla versus Kong with its crazy neon cities and stuff and sci-fi is actually 40 years in the future, all right. Maybe if there's a time jump they didn't oh, previously I, I really talk about. Yeah, I can maybe let it slide. I'm I mean, sure obviously let it slide up to this point. Some, I'm sure there is no find a way to make it canon. Godzilla Kong, the new empire. And yeah, it's Godzilla right. X-Con. Like, oh, hello. So Godzilla vs. Kong takes place five years after King of the Monsters. Well, so much for my theory there. So the And then King of the Monsters takes place five years after Godzilla. So there's a ten-year gap in technology from Godzilla That's to Godzilla. That's plenty of time to get spaceships that drill into the center of the Earth. Come on. Come on. Like, to get those hyperdrives? Yeah, all it takes is ten years. Yeah. And being totally sarcastic if it's not clear. But until uh, minus one does look awesome though. As much as I prefer cool. my Godzilla to be a neutral party as opposed to you know, just tearing shit up. It looks like the most direct allegory for 
post-war Japan. I mean, it's literally set right after, but probably the most direct allegory of what Godzilla was originally an allegory for in, like, decades, right? Like, they haven't really yeah. leaned that heavily in on the, like, oh, yeah, he's basically a walking nuke. So that'll be interesting to see, like, how far they go with that. We'll see. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I think that does it for this episode, guys. Anything else anyone wanted to throw in? We already did one last second edition. A laster seconds? Uh, I guess not. All right. We're probably going to have a pretty packed couple episodes coming up because of all the news going on, be it Nintendo, if the rumors turn true, be it Apple announcements, be it, I don't know, maybe one of us is going to be super psyched about the Pixel 8 plus who knows from google but anyway to make sure you don't miss whatever we decide to talk about you can subscribe to us on all the podcast apps that includes apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts amazon music iHeartRadio, pandora we're also on youtube at ram nintendo we're also on twitter at ram nintendo and individually we're on social channels as well you can find kevin and myself on twitter kevin is kvn gomi i am jsr7 you can find angel on instagram under World of Wearos for his illustrated nuggets of thoughts from his brain. Um, and I think that does it. So I guess I'm going to uh, toss it to you, Kevin, for the final word. Go Jets, J-E-T-S. 